no idea when Dev starts on this. Oh, me neither. Is it now? It can't be now. There's no way. Wait, it's coming up. Okay, hold on. Okay. Places. Places. The history of film. That battle who even when the lights go dim. From James Cagney to Nosferatu and stunts that shock you. And dirty, dirty tricks to your made. From wings to Top Gun, movie stars and no ones, romantic crazy fans that leave no real a ton. Hollywood is still from history in Hollywood. They chase the Oscar, but it's all a sham, just like Shaq and Kazam. All your dreams can come true. Film history, the history of film, all of it made for you. Good God, that was terrible. <laughs> we got a real thick throbbing one for you tonight. Uh, this is going to be... <laughs> this is... Brought the, to you by Hems. Brought to you by Hems. <laughs> we got to get that Hems sponsorship. Uh. Got to. Hems, hit us up. Uh, and hers. Oh! <laughs> why don't they have a hers? It's like Lady Viagra. You know? It's not a I don't know widespread that, problem. Yeah, I don't know how that anatomy works. I don't know what the chemistry women is don't have a Women don't have trouble getting it up. <laughs> So depends on the woman. <laughs> <laughs> Today we're going to be a very tasteful trans joke. Yeah, that's, right? that's, that was. Excellent. That, was <laughs> that was excellent. That was progressive. Yeah. Yeah. Today we're going to be bringing you speaking of hymns, we're going to we're going to be bringing you uh part 2 of the three hymns, the three stooges. <laughs> Which can that be the title of this episode? <laughs> the three hymns. <laughs> three hymns. Which to us is uh, an absurd follow-up, yeah. uh, but to the, uh, the audience isn't going to know unless I pull the curtain back, which I already did. Oh my god, I wrote that so. exact same thing that you oh, just okay. said. Go ahead, pull that curtain back. We recorded this episode in 1943. Yeah, this was. We recorded this episode when the Three Stooges were still alive. Active. Yeah, 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 when they were still doing their thing. No, it was right before you moved here. So what was that? September. September. I mean, I moved here. Yeah, in September. September, so it would have been. We recorded like late August, yeah. early September. Yeah. You remember the of hard drive? The hard drive got like swept up in a hurricane, yeah. and then Dev yeah, had to no, like. It got, yeah, it did. It got swept up in the hurricane and stayed in Florida. Yeah. <laughs> and I had to get it shipped out here. I had to have, Dominic went to the bottom of the sea yeah. and pulled Free it out diamond. of the treasure chest. <laughs> and all these years later, Tom's, Tom's at the bottom of the ocean with his like scuba gear, like yeah. retrieving the hard drive. Here we are. Here he just we looks are. like Steve Zissou. He's got music playing. <laughs> By the time we had recovered the file, we were well into uh, spooky season and then well into Christmas season. And we yeah. were just like, well, this doesn't theme with any of these holidays. Yeah. So, Three Stooges, um, not we're just um, like let's save it let's save it for the new year yeah uh and and, and we did and now we're doing a sequel and so you, i don't remember anything we talked about in the first one so. so you guys would say that we're delayed in this i would say that we just got a really big head start okay very true <laughs> actually yeah we are getting ahead right now technically yeah, we yeah. were like four months ahead for this one that's yeah, yeah exactly yeah, we were yeah, jumping yeah. on we were pro- yeah. we were proactive on that one yeah, remember yeah. when we came up with like a whole schedule that was hilarious yeah. <laughs> Less than a day. I can't even keep a schedule when you tell it. We we tell the people what the next episode is, and sometimes that's not even right. Yeah, that's so not even true. Half the time. <laughs> but I'm confident that we can. It's new year. It's new us. Yeah. Uh, things are more stable now. That's right. Uh, the release schedule is every Sunday now. Yeah. Uh, I'm on track to have Three Stooges Part One up this Sunday. You know, we're recording this. Uh, I have a whole week and a half to get this one edited. So you, you know, like we're yeah, I I, I believe in us. I can't afford Dev's to go not. anywhere. I, so what yeah. I've learned is it doesn't matter. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I love that. What I've learned is that we flourish at our best when we are all just yes. in the same boat, mm-hmm. riding the waves together. I'm just I, living. So, I'm just living. Whatever baby. that, whether it's a calm day or stormy waters, as long as we're all in the same boat, paddling in the same direction, we're great. My oh. man, I watched uh, back in the day that uh, Steven Spielberg documentary on HBO. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And out of all the uh, amazing things in that documentary, I think I took away one thing more than anything. And he said that his best work is done when he's up against the wall, mm. like behind schedule, mm. you know. And that's the way it's I like Tom to Brady. live my life. That's right. That's right. You got to put me in the pocket. 
under pressure. Mm. And that's how we do it. You know, that's true. It's <laughs> a stressful way to live, though. Yeah, but, yeah, uh, very stressful. Uh, before, Just keep living. Before we really, uh, before we really kick kick this off here, though, um, I don't know if you noticed, but uh, we got a we got a, a DM on our on our. Uh, oh, who DM'd us? Did, but I didn't read it. Yeah. I think I saw it. I read it. Who DM'd? I read it. I read it. Is it a DM or? No. Yeah, is it a nude? Uh, it's uh, from Dominique A. Bastal. Dominique Bastal? Dominique Bastal. Yeah. Yeah. She sent us a, uh, a picture. And uh, it was like, image sent a message required, uh, or covered, tap to see blurred image. And you got to do two taps on this. I was like, yeah. what is this uh, mystery I'm uncovering? Two tap. <laughs> and it's, uh, she sends a screenshot of a Facebook page from Independent Culture of a quote from James Cameron that says, As a society, we need to go to the cinema. James Cameron calls for an end of streaming services. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> these fucking directors. Man. I swear to God, if you give any more power to these directors, the industry's going to implode on itself. Why do they hate streaming so much? Ryan Johnson just made a thing for Peacock. Like, <laughs> they get with the fucking program. Because they can't. The, their old way of making yeah, money, and yeah. they used to make way more money yeah, the old way, exactly. and they don't want to give that up. The and theater they don't is want killing change because James Cameron hasn't made enough fucking money at this point with Look, the three real. biggest movies that have ever been made ever. You know, I will say I do wish that all streaming movies got a theatrical release because there's a lot of them that some I would do, yeah. some do. So now, you have yeah. to to be eligible for, for the, the Oscars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So. Um, because I, I always prefer to see it in a theater. I mean, streaming is great for television. I, I do still prefer to see movies in theaters, but um, it is nice that, like, what it did kind of, I feel like what streaming services, the market should try to corner, and I think Netflix is hemorrhaging money because they're trying to put, like, blockbuster films in a, on a service that they can't make the return from. Yeah. Uh, it, it, but it's perfect for, like, you know, the straight-to-DVD movie, you know, the, the B movie, you know what I mean? Like, the movie right. that's, like, the smaller budget that you wouldn't go see this in a theater regardless. That's you know what I mean? the key. It's like, what, yeah. what are you making? Like, there's movies that should be made for the big screen, yeah. and then there's movies that should be made to watch on yeah. your computer or your mm -hmm. phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, that's the beauty of technology mm -hmm. and the internet is, like, now yeah. YouTube is so big. Like, TV, mm -hmm. all TV yeah. should just be streamed. Yeah. Because of the ability to binge. Yeah, I, I, I well, I, I like a weekly release for the conversation and stuff. I think, but what uh, Netflix is did but some. But I mean, even like a pass. Like, so, yeah, yeah like the new Star Wars or whatever be weekly, mm, but yeah. then if like. You know, you want to go see the season before. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, you no, can't do absolutely. that when you tune into NBC. Yeah, no. I mean, Comedy Central Cable or can die. Cable can die. But <laughs> cable uh, can death Netflix, cable. finally, after 400 years of being a service, created a show that was like, you cannot do this show in any other medium. It's yeah. called Kaleidoscope. Have you guys heard about this? No. I have heard, but so, I haven't seen. Is so, it interactive? No, it's oh. not interactive, but... What it is is you can watch the episode it's episodes in any order except for one. There's the, each episode has a color name, and white is the one you have to add, watch last. Interesting. But the rest of them you can watch in any order. And what it did is it scrambled the order for every Netflix user. So if I, if I watch it, I'm going to watch the episodes in a different order than when you watch it because Netflix just scrambles it for each user. Oh, that's cool. So we can watch it and then have a conversation afterwards. Like, I saw pink first, but you saw yellow first. So it's like, oh, uh, what? But this is still like trickled out released? Or no, no, it's all at one time. All at one time. Like that is, I've never seen a better crafted Sh organization of a show for the medium yeah. of like it's all available at one time on the streaming service. Cool. You know what I mean? That like, is that's cool. It's sponsored by Hymns. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like we are soon <laughs> like to be. Like we are soon to be. Yeah. Hit us up, Hymns. Yeah. Do we, should we get back to the three yeah, Hymns? We, we should get back to the three Hymns. Okay. Yeah. So the three Hymns. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We three Hymns be getting yeah. hard. I, I, I want to do this shout out because it's, it's a fan DM. So anytime we get fan interactions, we're responding. Hell enough, yeah. We're going to shout out. So if you want to shout Shout out, interact with us. Yes, please do. Yeah, and please send us more articles about craziness in the industry because it'll give us awesome commentary to talk about yeah. and shout give you a shout out and help us yeah. you know, talk about fun stuff. There's always a good spot to talk about Crazy Cameron. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, Dominique yeah. just recognized our uh, our James Cameron mm. fixation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He kind of can't help it. The man's everywhere, yeah. you know. Yeah, well, well yeah, it just, it just, I'm more of a fan of his brother, honestly. 
<laughs> Who's his brother? Hey, his brother. I don't we remember talked, his name. We talked about oh, it. We talked about his brother. That's he's right. He's like guy. a two-bit hustler. Yeah. He was no. a he's stunt guy. guy. Yeah, that's right. He's a military <laughs> consultant because he was in the Marines or something. That's right. He's a killer. He's a man killer. He's a man hunter. <laughs> we're not. We're not allowed anything here. Don't. <laughs> James don't, Cameron is a fish hunter. His brother was a man hunter. Don't sue us. No. Um, <laughs> he's a good man. He's an honorable man. Don't sue us. Uh, we don't know that either. Is there a coincidence <laughs> that Way of the Water came out and a trillion gallons of water dumped on L.A.? It is a marketing oh. campaign. Yeah, no, I found out that, too. I was like, James Cameron paid for it to rain here. He, you were, yeah. he paid DARPA to control the weather. Oh and God. we got a bunch of water because he was like, you will not enjoy the holidays. You will go to the theaters and see my movie. Hey, it's working. That the baby's around like 1.8 right now. 1.8 Billy. Six highest in the world ever. Yeah, hell yeah, dude. Good We're bringing Lord. this number one, baby. He's gonna have the number one biggest movie of all time yet again. He's just Num- gonna beat himself out. Number one, baby. Let's, one. Go. Let's go. Between, between him making it rain in L.A. and Christopher Nolan over there bombing, <laughs> you know, bombing again. <laughs> We're in. You asked how directors can get more powerful. I think we're answering it right here, right now. The top tier directors are all just CIA assets that have their hand on the trigger. Yes. Tom Cruise is going to space to film a movie. Christopher Nolan is bombing the Bikini Atoll again for a movie. And James Cameron is making it rain on Los Angeles. These people are becoming gods, is what's happening. We're just living in like a mythology at this point. Uh. Much like the legend of the three hymns. Oh, the legend of the three hymns. So where'd we leave off? I don't remember. Last I don't we remember left who, our heroes. Last we left our stooges. <laughs> I don't even remember who the three stooges are anymore. That's how long it's been. I, who are these people? Uh, this is gonna be very entertaining to see, <laughs> listen, have somebody listen to this back to back and be like, like what? "It was an instant for them, but it was four fucking months for us." It's like it's, it's like we uh, it's like we did an interstellar thing. It's yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've been on Earth, but our our audience went to went to the Jupiter and back. And it was <laughs> yes. only forty minutes for them. Yes, we're calling our family, and they're all grown up now. Our kids are like eighty. Uh, but but I don't know how much this is going to overlap or not because I don't remember existing whenever we <laughs> recorded this. But I do want to tell you more on the Ted Healy situation. You remember this whole thing? No. <laughs> exactly, man. This is so great. This is like our this is our kaleidoscope. Welcome, welcome, welcome to a new segment called. We'll catch you up and ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Kaleidoscope episodes of film history, the history of film. What order did you record them in? I did pink first. You did yellow first. Uh, this was, we talked about this guy, oh, Ted Healy. He yeah, was the three. Sounds familiar. He, he invented the three stooges. Yes. Oh, yes. yes. He, he got beat to death by, by, some, by some broccoli. There you go. He got yeah. beaten to death by a broccoli. Uh, this was the man, just to refresh you, even though you just listened to part one probably, but we're refresh- I'm refreshing uh, us. Just to refresh us, Ted Healy was like the manager of the Three Stooges who uh, fucking got in some real hot water and got beaten to death. But I want to tell you more about that. I want to expand on that okay. because I at the when we recorded it, it was a little unclear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. And I remember Dev was sort of like on the fly finding stuff out, you know, and yeah. yeah. So, we have much to discuss. There was a book published in 2004 called The Fixers, Eddie Mannix, Howard Strickling, and the MGM Publicity Machine. And this book talks about a time that movie studios dominated the L.A. economy and studio executives used their influence with city officials, including law enforcement, to protect their stars. A time? A time, yeah, yeah, yeah. Excuse yeah. me? That doesn't happen anymore. <laughs> Is it now just all run by Scientology? Is that yeah, what's happening? Exactly. Yeah, that's basically that the old timey, it just got compartmentalized into one little uh, cult religion nowadays. That's what it is. <laughs> nowadays, they just hide behind the tax-free, the tax-exempt, you know. Um, but, you know, this was star protection, among other things. Like, this was mm-hmm. when the studios had... Their fingers in the government, like you said, though. I mean, this was, it didn't end. This was just, yeah. a, it just they just got better time. at it. It, it just got better at it. It was just a more mafia time. You know it what was mean? a more mafia time. Like, they controlled the papers. <laughs> like, you remember? Uh, they wore hats very similar to Dev. <laughs> they walked around in trench coats. I wish we had a camera on us right now so you yeah. guys could see Dev's fucking fly ass outfit. Oh, yeah, don't forget, we have to record a fun bit. You okay. Know, we'll start, yeah, so save one fun fact for the fun bit. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. I'll re- I may, well, shit. Maybe this would have been it. Nah, anyway, we'll nah. figure it out. 
Yeah. But this we're was doing uh, great, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you don't know, we're doing fun bits on Patreon bits now. On every Patreon every now. every episode, there'll be a fun <laughs> bit associated with exclusively on Patreon. And that's got video. I'm sick of the name Fun Bits. I like it. Fun Bits. That was my nickname in college. <laughs> Brought to you by him. Brought to you by him. <laughs> Brought to you by hers. Uh, but studios always sort of were doing some funky shit with the government. Remember all the way back to the CAG episode? Yeah, yeah, the campaign campaign finance violation. The Merriam no. tax. Mm-hmm. Yes, man. In 1934, Warner Brothers taxed their actors a day's pay, kicked it up to Republican gubernatorial candidate Frank Merriam, and that was that, that whole thing. By the way, Warner Brothers... Uh, Back like when they filmed Sully, that movie, mm-hmm. they got investigated for tax fraud then too. They've wow. been fucking around with taxes forever. There was like six hundred thousand dollars that was just like missing. It, dude, it's it, somehow I don't understand. One of those like the one of the biggest movie studios, and like apparently like they they were bankrupt. That's why they had to sell to Discovery. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, Hollywood accounting. Yeah, for Jack Warner's spirit lives on. <laughs> if Jack Warner was still running that studio, they would have never gone bankrupt. They yeah. would have never sold to HBO. There's only two industries that are more corrupt and crazy on the finance side than Hollywood. Wall Street. <laughs> Wall Street and politics. Yeah. I hear the uh, the Warner Brothers water towers is filled with cocaine. <laughs> like it, Let's go find out tonight. <laughs> like at least Big Tobacco pays its tax and throws money at lobbyists. Like, True. <laughs> um, True. Yeah. yeah. So these studios, uh, again, you know, this doesn't happen anymore, quote unquote. They used to have these famous fixers. And, you know, I don't know, I, I think in part one I called Ray Donovan No, we talked else. about, um, what's it called, the Coen Brothers movie, Hail Caesar. Oh, yeah, Hail Caesar, yeah, Josh yeah. Josh Brolin's character was yes. like a fixer. Yeah, Studio right. fucking fixer. It's all coming back. All coming back. This was literally the dude who, like, if you killed a hooker in the Chateau Marmont, mm-hmm. the studio would send a representative out there to clean up the body for you, yeah. type of shit. Mm-hmm. The, if, again, Ray Donovan... They made a whole show about it with what's his face, uh, Lieb. Lieb. Um, and you know what it is, I think. And let me know what you guys think. But if, if you're a celebrity back then, and you do some act or something, and you got it's got to get covered up and brushed under the rug. I think you know the cops and the fixers and the politicians are all gonna help, not because they're like, oh, I'm a fan of celebrities or like whatever, but it's like. This motherfucker makes all of us money. Yeah. So yeah. like we can't, you know, there's this ends, this train ends, then a lot of people ain't eating. Yeah. No, the FBI investigated Brad Pitt for like a domestic assault and no one's hearing about it. I <laughs> guarantee you there's a fixer out there. It's like, "Uh, oh, let's just sleep." Uh, but these fixers back in the day, this was Eddie Mannix, Howard Strickling, you know, these were like fucking fixers, man. Like these dudes worked uh under the radar these for were the like studios. The mob bef- like after the mob, exactly. Like they yeah. wielded almost the same power. Absolutely. Instead of just killing blatantly, they cleaned up the killing. They cleaned they it like- up, even if the cleanup involved tampering with evidence, uh, as is believed to have happened in numerous sensational cases, including the murder of director William Desmond Taylor, their purported suicides, both of Jean Harlow's husband Paul Byrne, a studio executive himself, actually, and Thelma Todd, the comedic actress and nightclub entrepreneur. Just to name a few. These were like big, like high profile deaths that uh, mysteriously sort of got swept under the rug by some fixes. Mm, mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm. It's like one of those stories where you're like, yeah, he shot himself in the back of the head and threw <laughs> himself off of a balcony. <laughs> he burned himself alive. It was crazy. <laughs> this book, written by this guy Fleming, covers these and many other famous Hollywood crimes and scandals. Focusing specifically kind of on how MGM fixers Eddie Mannix and Howard Strickling interfered with investigations, engineered cover-ups. Most of the incidents he covers are familiar stories in the Hollywood, you know, lexicon, uh, even the cover-ups and stuff. But one that is not well known that we talked about a little bit on part one and we're going to talk about it right here up top is the one, the death in December 1937 of comedian Ted Healy. A vaudevillian and successful supporting player in movies who earned a place in the slapstick comedy hall of fame by inventing the Three Stooges. So this is a little bit more about what happened that night. And again, I don't know how much at, this is going to overlap. At the Trocadero. At the Trocadero. Now it's all coming back to you. I'm going to just pull a closer to me. Sorry. Now it's all coming back to you. So a few days before he passed away, 
Healy was involved in a drunken altercation at Cafe Trocadero on the Sunset Strip. Fleming asserts that Healy was attacked by three men at the Trocadero. And this mm-hmm. is one of the interesting parts. Mm-hmm. And I, again, this might be overlap of part one. I don't know. It but is, but it's a good refresher. It's a good refresher. The three men who attacked him are future James Bond producer Albert Cubby Broccoli. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cubby Broccoli. Pat DeChico. De a mob-adjacent figure who is also Broccoli's cousin. Yeah, Pat DeChico. I remember all these crazy motherfuckers Yes. And the former husband of Thelma Todd and the future husband of Gloria Vanderbilt. This dude was fucking uh, Anderson Cooper's, like, stepdad, basically. This guy, he was one of the three. And another guy, Wallace Beery, a burly character actor who was one of MGM's most popular stars at the time. So, these are the men... Who met with Ted Healy that night at the Trocadero. And these are the men who, after they meet with him, he is beaten to death. That's the way I'll put it. <laughs> we got like a dude who would become like basically the creator of the James Bond franchise, a guy who's a fucking Vanderbilt, essentially, and MGM, one of their most popular movie stars at the time. Like, these are, you know, and this fucking mob guy who's hanging out with him at the Trocadero. Nothing suspicious. Nothing suspicious here. But also, it's like, I I don't know, that just, that that trips me the fuck out. It's like... The CIA and the mob have been in bed before the CIA and the mob were a thing. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, in the fixers, in the book, Fleming says, MGM covered up Wallace Beery's role in Healy's death. So, basically... They're in the Trocadero. Wallace Beery, big actor. He sees Ted Healy. No one knows exactly why, but he punches Ted Healy in the fucking face. And then Ted Healy says, let's take this outside, and I'm going to fight you and your friends one at a time. That was the way it went down. He's like, you're not all going to jump me in here in the Trocadero. We'll go outside. Ah, yes. Not inside as establishment where there are rules and other people around. Let's go outside where there is no rules and less people. I know you just sucker punched me, but I expect you to fight honorably when we're around no one else. (laughs) And I am by myself. (laughs) And the circumstances surrounding this as well are, uh, this is like, Healy is very down on his luck at this time. He's all but bankrupt. He's fucking drinking heavily, and he had recently married a much younger woman who, on December seventeenth, gave birth to his first child, a son. Oh. And he is uh, he always That's right. wanted he's a, brand a kid. New daddy. He's a new dad tonight. He's like out in the town, kind of celebrating being a new dad. That's um, yeah, and it's it is December the twenty first is the date that he's doing this. She's in the hospital. She had the kid. Now he's out celebrating, basically. Stops by the Trocadero. Mm. And uh, apparently it was like a Tuesday night, yes, days before Christmas. Yes. You know, probably not a whole lot of people in the Trocadero. That's right. His, his son had been born that day, right? His son, yeah. His, yeah, or, like he was like, instead of being with my wife and child, I'm going to be drinking about this. I'm yes, going to be drinking about I was this. Say, like, maybe this kid dodged a bullet. Like, you oh. know, if your dad mm. is out drinking instead <laughs> of, like, being there the day being you're there. born. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know. Oh yeah, no. He was he was a real like Hollywood type already. You know, this was just like a. I think he married some like really young girl to have his baby. For My him, wife's doing you know? broad stuff like having kids right now. Yeah, yeah. I don't want any type of that. That's right. That was back in the day, man. Those men wouldn't go into the into the room, man. They'd be out of the bar smoking cigars. You know, that was their job. She's doing woman stuff right now. <laughs> so After you don't have that baby. Make sure the uh, kitchen's clean and the food is made. <laughs> So while his while his wife is laid up with the baby at the hospital doing chick stuff, he's at the bar getting in fights with like some of the biggest Do names in the world. Stuff. Doing man like, stuff. Our lady listeners are screaming. Yeah, yeah. No, they should be. They should be. And I, so he's at the bar getting punched by uh, MGM's burliest actor. You know. And so uh, so he's I'm doing man stuff like fighting to death and drinking. Right, to the death. Hey, honey, while you have this kid, I'm gonna go fight to the death. <laughs> I, got I feel real, so alive. I feel so alive. Uh, now that I have a kid, someone to pass my legacy on to, I can die tonight. You know, so, <laughs> that's man stuff right there. So, uh, <laughs> so he says, "Let's step outside and do this man stuff." You know, he tells he tells the dude that 
And uh, so he fucking, he steps outside. Ted Healy steps outside to fight all these men all at once. Or uh, one at a time, sorry. He's going to go one at a time. Did not go that way. Uh, apparently old Cubby Broccoli just immediately like grabbed him up, wrapped his arms behind his back, and they beat the ever-living shit out of him in the fucking back alleyway. Uh, leaving him in a pool of blood, unconscious, <laughs> and just beat him to the fucking Probably inches like of his life. Versus like just gonna meet the shit out. Yeah, yeah, Chased yeah. Down in his own blood. Well, that was the thing. You remember he got up, he went and tried to check into a hotel, and that's where that wrestler saw him like bleeding and checking into a hotel. That's right. And that's where he died. He died in that fucking hotel where he. It, so he he died of. Uh, natural you know, causes. Natural cause. That was the thing. So that that's you're not wrong. Uh, his very apparent head wounds were not why he died. Yeah. The Times reported that Healy had gotten into a fight with Albert Broccoli, whom the paper described as a wealthy New Yorker. <laughs> <laughs> However, the coroner's examination ascribed Healy's death not to a fight, but to natural causes related to alcoholism, <laughs> which. You kind also of true. also true. Yeah, like yeah. The alcohol was involved, you know. Yeah, probably I mean. the catalyst of all this, <laughs> I would argue. They had a big portion of to doing something like you know. <laughs> no sober person would be like, "Yo, five of you come out here and I'm gonna fight you one on one." Like that's not no. a decision. Uh, no, a sound mind person would make. That's- uh, so Fleming, the writer of The Fixers, this book, says the coroner's cause of death was bogus and it was bought and paid for by MGM. That mm-hmm. is the uh, mm-hmm. that's the charge here today. Because uh, because the Stooges won out of the contract with old uh, Healy. Yeah. And so the studio was like, we're going to make that happen. Yep, exactly. <laughs> I, that actually, that kind of makes more sense than like, anything. Hey, funny guys. Yeah. And he's going to be real funny. You know, be real funny. <laughs> the three hymns. <laughs> and he's he's also like, he's in debt all over town. Yeah. You know, he's got fucking bookies after him and shit. Massive dick. Nobody liked him. Nobody fucking liked him. He's a terrible person. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, let's. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He, he, I don't know if you guys remember. He called in bomb threats yes. to stop the Three Stooges from breaking out on their own. Yeah. He literally called bomb threats <laughs> the theater. to the theaters. Yeah, fucking yeah. Larry's over there. Like, I'm not performing tonight. He's gonna blow us up. <laughs> it's yeah. all come back to me now. <laughs> yeah. The real yeah. question is. Did you get some info on this broccoli fella? I did. Yes! I, I did. Yes! I've waited it's very since interesting. September for this answer. It is very interesting. But <laughs> but I have to wrap this up, okay, though. Okay, all right. Because, so after he gets beaten to death in the back alley, <laughs> the next order of business for Mannix and Strickling uh, was to get Wallace Beery out of Hollywood and all those guys. Uh, all those guys just got a paid vacation all of a sudden out of nowhere. Mm. They all just went to separate parts of the world. Conveniently out of the country. Yeah, yeah, out of the country. You know, MGM... Mm. Uh, stamped their name on some checks and sent those guys away. <laughs> it was fucking. It was like Brick and Anchorman. It's like Brick. I think you're gonna need to lay low for a while. You know, <laughs> you just killed him. Yeah, pretty sure you wanted for murder. Uh, <laughs> with Beery safely out of town, Mannix and Strickling continued their mop up by ensuring that the Trocadero staff most of whom, Fleming says, were already on his fucking payroll because the Trocadero was such a famous ha- hangout already. Um, He's, he owns the Trocadero. Like, this is, his, this is his place, you know? We didn't see nothing. Yeah, we didn't see nothing. And like I said, it was a pretty empty night at the bar, so there weren't a lot of witnesses anyway. You it was know? crazy. Every time he had another beer, he got a little black eye just appeared in his face. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was like old cellar door Cagney's dad throwing stuff at him, you know? He just kept smashing the bottles on his own head. <laughs> We told this broccoli fella told him to stop. He wouldn't listen. Do we but know where the bar was? Where in town? Still is. It's on, it was on oh, Sunset. That's right. that's the Trocadero, right. man. It's right yeah. there. It's yeah, still I, open. I looked that up. I remember. Yeah. yeah. It's it's right next to like the the naughty pig. Yeah, is it's that, got yeah. or yeah, it's got the little neon martini glass yeah, on yeah, the yeah. sign. I never yeah. paid attention to what that place was called, but then after you told me that, now every time I pass by, I'm like, that's the place that one guy died. Ted Healy's not yeah. the only guy that got killed there. Oh. It was a big mob hangout, the Trocadero. Dude, that's sick. I've never been. We should go. We, we should, should yeah. go. Let's do um, a fucking episode from there. Yeah. <laughs> that audio would be unusable, but they'll kill us. <laughs> they'll kill All us. Right. Yeah. They'll beat us to death in the back alleyway. <laughs> so natural uh, causes. <laughs> yeah, but uh, anyway, that was what happened. He got beaten to death by uh, some of uh, the world's biggest people. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to tell you a little bit more about this broccoli guy, old Cubby Broccoli. Uh, which has a lot to do with also Pat DeChico, who was there that night, the the mob guy who was there. Nice. Uh, again, he was Cubby Broccoli's cousin. Mm-hmm. So, Broccoli, Cubby was mob time. Google this man, Albert Broccoli. 
straight up looked like Tony Soprano, and pretty much the first thing on his Wikipedia is the Ted Healy incident. <laughs> so, like, people know now. Like, people, he didn't run from it for very long. He never got justice for it, you know, because uh, according to the Trocadero staff, it was three college kids that beat him up that That's night. Right. Ted Healy. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Some, some random college Some kids. random college kids that we never saw again, you know. Meanwhile, Albert yeah. Broccoli's knuckles were, like, bleeding on the sidewalk. So, uh, how long you been dishwashing? I see you bought that uh, nice new Corvette out there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All the staff got brand new Mercedes. It was so weird. Uh, Albert Broccoli, this man, he was born in Queens, New York, to a family that worked in the vegetable business, mm. and were also cousins to the the the, the Chico the Chico yeah the the Chico, Chico mob family. Uh, mafia vegetables is what we're talking about here, basically. <laughs> any 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 industry's got the mob behind it at this point, you know. Yo, I mean, think about how much more aggressive and gnarly this guy had to be with a name like Broccoli. Broccoli like you, in yeah. the mob, you can't like how do you take anybody seriously when your name's like, oh, watch out for Broccoli, bro. Watch out for Broccoli. <laughs> and so, according to him, according to Albert Cubby Broccoli, the thing. they were the descended thing. from the Broccoli's of Carrera. Who first crossed cauliflower and rabe? Is that how you say that vegetable? R A B E, Rob, Rabe? I don't know. He first, they first crossed cauliflower and that to produce the dark green, thick stalked vegetable known as broccoli. And so these guys, this family invented broccoli. His family invented broccoli is what he says. The vegetable is named after them. They're the not named after a vegetable. Exactly. <laughs> the vegetable is named after them. It was this I vegetable. Think it was a really shitty attempt at writing a backstory. <laughs> <laughs> Dev, you're on to something. It was this vegetable that he says supported them in the United States as Giovanni's brother started That's a broccoli a farm. Nobody <laughs> ate broccoli in 1937. <laughs> Later on in life, he randomly became a big producer in the UK at Pinewood Studios and produced the early James Bond movies. Now, here's the kicker. None of that broccoli shit holds any sort of real water. Oh, like, really? oh. There is no oh. evidence supporting this at all. Shocking. Shocking. <laughs> what we do know is that his cousin was in the mafia and that his family was from Italy and that they say all their money came from they invented broccoli. <laughs> <laughs> They're just hiding kilos of heroin in broccoli shipments. That's what it really is. <laughs> but that's how they made all their money. Not mob shit. That's the, yeah, you know, we had a, you know, Frank Lucas got blue magic, we got broccoli. Did they, <laughs> did they invent money laundering? Yes. It was named after them. Not them named after it. You know. Tell you what, you clean that money through broccoli farms. <laughs> broccoli farms. The man said that they invented broccoli. That's how we got rich. Nah, you got olive oil, broccoli over here for our family. <laughs> it sounds like his fucking brass knuckled cousin came up with this. You know, it's like just tell everyone you invented a vegetable. <laughs> That's how we made the money. It's Take like, it from me, Johnny Carrots. Johnny Carrots. Uh, my family invented the rutabaga. That's how we made all our money. The Cicero's over there got water. <laughs> I invented water. Think of that. This would be like, like my last name is. Scott, so I'd be like, yeah, I'm rich because my family invented scotch tape, you know? <laughs> and meanwhile, it's just because, like, I'm a hitman. You know? <laughs> like, that's how I actually made my money. <laughs> He's like the, oh, God, what's the, the dude from the room? He's like the Tommy Wiseau. Yeah, um, yes. No one knows how exactly how him? he made his money. I bet you Tommy Wiseau seems like he was an arms dealer. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I think Tommy Wiseau was an arms dealer. Just like old uh, the Russian guy he who we just traded up for the, people. For the oh, NBA yeah, player. Yeah. 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 Um, the guy who sold. Oh, the merchant dude? The merchant, merchant guy. Who oh, yeah. sold, he sold Christopher Nolan his bomb for <laughs> yeah. the movie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so. I'd get you two nukes for the price of one. <laughs> So anyway, Ted Healy got beaten to death by a vegetable-based mobster who made James Bond, and the Three Stooges are now free to do what they want. The one thing that would be perfect is if he used broccoli to kill people. <laughs> like if he or beat at least them with a giant Yeah, spot. he put the stalks on their eyes. Yeah, it's dead. like his calling sign. It's just like their mouth is just stuffed with broccoli. <laughs> like the cops would be like, huh, I huh. wonder who did this. That, the, the, the family that invented this vegetable is at it again. You know? <laughs> Fucking, I swear to God, man, so good. And I just love the fact that people were like, ah, we can't 
disprove this it. This is the thing. That's the time period. That's the, yeah. like before the yes. internet, it's like, you can't, I know you're bullshitting yes. me, but I just have to go along with it. If you're in 1934 and you tell me your last name is Broccoli and you have a lot of money and you tell me you invented Broccoli, I'm going to be like, that man invented Broccoli. And you're like, waving I, a gun around very bravely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You yeah, also I mean, hang out with broccoli. the mob guy at the Trocadero. <laughs> I don't even know where to look that up to fact check. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> what do you say, man? What do you say? <laughs> you go to the library and the Dewey Decimal System and look up, like, Broccoli Inventor? Like, no, man. Like, you just believe the guy and he, or else he'll beat you to death in the back alley. Believe the drug guy with the gun in the back. <laughs> You're going to step outside the back alley and see Ted Healy's blood and that's going to be yours next, you know. Still fresh. I can drown you in it, too. <laughs> Oh, uh, drown in the blood of Ted Healy. That's the Three Stooges. If like every time they come over and you know for invite people over for family dinners, it's just th- like broccoli is the main course with both <laughs> sides as broccoli as well. It's just like forged gump with shrimp. It's just all prepared different ways. Oh, uh, I would love. No, actually, I would love to go to his dinner and like his grandma's cooking. And it's like you guys don't cook broccoli, and she's like, "Why would we?" It's like I thought you guys invented it. She's like, "Who told you that? <laughs> Did Albert tell you that? Because that's not." true like that don't listen to him you know <laughs> he kills people for a living it's uh, actually it's not broccoli it's broccoli broccoli <laughs> oh man but yeah he went on uh he became a producer in the uk so the uk uh around the 60s was doing a thing where if you were already kind of established as a producer you could go over there and if you hired all british everyone like crew and cast and everyone they would give you a stipend for your film so he capitalized on that, and he went over there, and that's where the James Bond films came from. It was from old, uh, old Broccoli. They did a thing where it's like, if you're recently relocated because of a murder, <laughs> <laughs> we'll give you some money to start a movie Pine, thing here. Pinewood Studios was a safe haven for the American Mafia. I was like, you know, they, they, there must have been some Catholics in the exec board because they're moving people around like priests. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. This man wound up in the UK making James Bond after like his his knuckles were still scarred from Ted Healy's teeth. You know, so so now so now with that fucking dickhead Ted out of the way and yeah. his his baby orphaned, yeah. uh, <laughs> we can start the joke. We can start the joke. Still alive. Yeah, the mom's, that's true. That's true. He's just fatherless, which, like you said, it's probably uh, being really? raised by Ted Healy probably wouldn't have been I was a fun say, way anyway. Uh, dodged a bullet there. Yeah. Like, there's some trauma, but then, like, as you get older in life, you look at your dad and you're like, well, maybe. <laughs> now it's time for the yucks. Mom now it's time great. for the ha ha's. <laughs> <laughs> So, so in nineteen, so in nineteen thirty four, after Ted Healy gets beaten to death, uh, mysteriously Columbia Pictures comes back around, and they're like, "Hey, the Three Stooges, you guys are without a manager now. You want to talk about that contract again? You know, uh, Mannix took care of the whole thing. Don't worry about it." So, but to let you know what else was going on in nineteen thirty four, bring you a little segment we call. When are we? When are we? <laughs> 1934. Great time to be alive. Yeah, that was bad happening right yeah, now. I think Ted Healy dodged a bullet as well. He didn't dodge a fist, but he dodged a bullet. Uh, <laughs> 1934. This is a year after Prohibition ends, so everybody's uh, yes. boozing away. Everybody's getting drunk as fuck at the Trocadero. Maybe if it's gone a little longer, Ted Healy'd still be alive. Oh, dude. Rest in the thick of the Great Depression, Ted Healy would still be alive today. Man, he'd make Avatar. <laughs> he would have beat James Cameron to death. A failed uh, artist is getting real angry in Europe. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, he is. He's getting real angry in Europe. His paintings are not selling as well as he wants. Uh, we see the gr- the turning point in the Great Depression in America. Unemployment decreases to 22 percent. Nice. In other parts of the world, some of the political changes occurring would cause the next world war. Nice. Yeah, we thought that was not going to happen again. Here we go, the sequel. Uh, Germany. They, they fucked up when they called it World War One. They were just asking. For yeah, it. they were. They just didn't. For That's why they know. called it the Great War. <laughs> that was a jokey joke. That was a yuck yuck. That was a yuck. I know we've been talking about men being beaten to death, but we're getting back to the laughs. <laughs> Can you imagine how cynical it would be if they had called it World War One the first time? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're like, we know what's going to happen. This is this, this isn't over. Time. 
We want the sequel. Uh, I knew we should have put the Roman numeral on it. There was at least one guy in a trench. Who's you like, know, we're really the first screwed one. up when we started numbering them because everything happens in threes. Yeah, well, we're almost there. Don't worry. At least we know this one's coming. Yeah. You know? it's, uh, it's, it's really going to be the Godfather 3 of World Wars. Comes yeah. way after the other two, not nearly as well liked, you know. Yeah. By the way, there's uh, th- that's a whole different tangent. Never mind. I just watched a documentary on the atom bomb. It was really crazy. Whoa, the bikini, crazy. Uh, the bikini atoll islands where they were testing all those bombs yeah. and just like Brandon's nuking backyard. American naval men. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, oh, speaking of which, uh, I, stuff from this show actually does stick in my head. I was uh, I, I, I met up with an old friend um, at Bordner's the other night. Uh, and he was with some people, and someone brought up Marlon Brando, and I just like started talking about Marlon Brando yeah, for like dude. five straight minutes. And he was like, "How the fuck do you know?" So he was like, "Dave, you know a lot about Marlon Brando." And I'm like, "Oh, I, well, I did this whole podcast thing." Yeah, man. I was thinking See, that- it's a fun show, and occasionally <laughs> you learn, you learn occasionally something. Occasionally, you learn something. Thank you to our listener who uh, gave us that review. Occasionally, you learn something. So, in other parts of the world. Some of the political changes occurring would cause the next world war, like we said. In Germany, Adolf Hitler declared himself the Fuhrer, the ultimate ruler. Uh, in Russia... Wait, what happened? Oh, there's this whole thing in Germany. It was... It, who? It never really wound up being anything big, right. but uh, this Adolf guy, he was just really going at it, you it know. Eventually. When did Charlie Chapman and the Dictator come out? Was that, like, right around here? Or was That's, that in the 20s? I think that was right around uh, no, here. Because yeah, it had, it had, had to be. Because he did yeah. it off based off of Hitler. Yeah. And like yeah. and stuff. Because, yeah, yeah, he called it before it happened, right? Like, it was like, well, didn't no. the Great Dictator come out before this war started? Before, before the war, but yeah. they, Hitler was around giving yeah, speeches. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, he, like, that's he, one of the reasons he, like, mocked him. Yeah, yeah, but he was like, this is going to be a bigger problem. Right. Was, like, get it. This 1940, like, the Great Dictator. Really? Yeah. Wow. When did World right. War II start? Thirty-seven uh, is when they started invading like Poland. Oh, yeah. okay, all right, all right. Well, that wasn't quite as clairvoyant as I always thought it was. Yeah, but but uh, you know, Russia's popping off. Stalin's doing massacres and shit. Uh, China spreading the communism. Nice. And uh, we're also <laughs> <laughs> we're also in a big drought right now in 1934. The further <laughs> nice the communist manifesto. <laughs> The further weather drought problems in the U.S. Midwest continued, and some 35 million acres of farmland were utterly destroyed, and a further 225 million acres were in danger. We were fucked. I mean, I, we were really fucked at this point. Uh, the president set up public works around the U.S., including bridges, roads, and flood control dams, in an attempt to put America back on its feet. Uh... It was like unprecedented floods. Yeah, yeah. Uh, economic famine, turmoil, plagues, economic turmoil. World War. Yeah, we're drinking again. I this wouldn't is, know what any of this I is like. I feel yeah. like this is like you know, come, I feel there's like some kind of memory coming back where like this happened hundred years ago and now it's right. been circling all it's back. Like history repeats it's been, itself. Uh, yeah, yeah. In 1934, at this time, the FBI was fucking cleaning up, dude. This was like. The FBI's year. Uh, <laughs> they killed, in 1934, these are the people that the FBI killed. John Dillinger, Bonnie and Clyde, Pretty Boy Floyd, and Babyface Nelson were Elliot all Nash killed. In yeah, the, In the Untouchables. Yeah, man, so the Untouchables. they had to put together a squad specifically to go after these people. And, and they were like cowboys. They were like horseback riding, fucking... Whoa. One yeah. of them was Irish. Yeah. Did you see the movie? Yeah, man. The movie with the cause, baby. Wait, what that movie? was the cause. The, the Untouchables. Cause and Sean Connery. Yeah. And, uh, what's his face? Jerry Garcia. And a bunch of people. It's, it's Cowboys versus Mafia. That's yeah, that movie. Dances yeah. with Mob. Oh, Dances that is hilarious. They're like, it's right over there. It's right over there. <laughs> Unopened. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's, look, it's good. It's okay. Okay. I, yeah. I don't know. It, it, uh, the one best screenplay. Yeah. The screenplay oh, yeah, is great. That's right. We talked about that in the so. episode. That was yeah. like it was first movie ever or something like that. Yeah. Like, just, yeah. The, the movie, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just sort of dated at this point. But it just sort of, it was the famous one where the baby stroller goes oh, down the stairs. yeah. And um, De Niro is Capone. Really? I don't right? remember Remember that. when he the baseball bat, or uh, smashing his head in the baseball bat when he's walking around the table. Damn. Holy shit. Maybe I should give that one another watch. Yeah, for sure. The cause, baby. Uh, the biggest song of the year in 1934 was Bing Crosby's June and January, and Oscar for Best Picture that year went to old Frank Capra 
It happened one night, credited as the first romantic comedy, by the way. And yeah. we will get to that Oscar in 2032. Yes, we will. Yeah. How many have we covered? Three? Oh, the world will be in, on, in flames by the time we get to that. We're, we're fast approaching the end times already, have boys. We, have, have we only done three Best Picture winners? Oh, my God. Have we really? Yeah, we only done Jesus three. Jesus Christ. Yeah. That was supposed to be a whole thing. <laughs> this is a reoccurring series. <laughs> so... Three Stooges, Columbia comes to them, 1934, the time period that we're talking about, and uh, says that now that Ted Healy got beaten to death, let's sign a contract. Uh, so the trio now officially named the Three Stooges. You remember they were called like other shit before? Yeah. Just listen to part one. I yeah, don't remember. they were called the Three Hymns. The Three Hymns, now, now the Three Stooges. <laughs> they are contracted to Columbia Pictures for a series of two real comedy short subjects. Ah. And the contract, Mo what wrote... What the fuck is that? It's two reels long. They're shorts. They're they're oh. just comedy shorts. Where do you, where do you do you like play those before a movie? Like how yeah. is that, how is that distributed? Yeah, okay. you distribute them in theaters. You play them before movies, mm. uh, and it was like to butt up against stuff, you know. Mm. And yeah, which is kind of a weird thing to think about. Like that's where they really became like their bread and butter were just these like the short. Show. How yeah. much? What's so funny is to imagine the theater that's playing these rolling Three Stooges comedies before like the war propaganda movies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It would probably be butted up right up to the war propaganda for Laugh sure. Laugh and chuckle, and yeah. then now we're at war with Germany and Japan. <laughs> and they would, in the 40s, we're going to get into it, but they would do, like, uh, Charlie Chaplin-style shit. They would play Hitler and stuff. They would do, like, Nazi-based comedy and play, like, the hapless Nazis. Now where you is know? that? Bring that back. Yeah, I man. I want the Three Stooges as Hitler. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that sounds Fucking hilarious and amazing. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> the three Nazis. <laughs> so, Mo wrote in his autobiography that they each received $600 per week. That was this contract at Columbia. 600 bucks a week each. You put that through the old inflation calculator, and that is fucking $12,000 a week on a one-year contract wow. with a renewable option. Uh, and in the... Ted Okuda Edward Watts book, The Columbia Comedy Shorts, the Stooges are said to have received $1,000 among them for their first picture, Woman Haters, in what? 1934. What? Yeah, <laughs> Woman Haters. <laughs> it wasn't called Woman Beaters, and we can be thankful for that. And then they signed My a- favorite part about that is it's Woman Haters. It's singular than plural. Yeah. It's not women haters. Women haters. <laughs> woman haters. They just hate, they all hate one woman. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just one woman in particular that they all hate. I don't know. We, do, we can't that's, do grammar for titles. That's <laughs> so, funny. so they're making this 600 a week. They received that thousand and then they signed another term contract where they would make $7,500 per film. Which uh, they would have to split among each other, among the three of them. Among us. Uh, among us. And that, through the old inflation calculator, is about $150,000 today that they would split fifty grand each, basically, for each film that they did for Columbia. Which was, you know... It's a lot of hookers and blow in 1930. It's a lot of hookers and blow, but also it was kind of... They kind of wound up getting boned with this. Yeah, it was a lot. Not a whole lot of money for what they would wind up becoming yeah. you know for being the stooges for being the stooges for giving you the yucks within their first year at columbia theater bookings for the stooges films took off columbia pictures president harry cohen was able to use the stooges as leverage actually as uh the demand for their films was so great he eventually refused to supply exhibitors with the trio shorts unless they also agreed to book some of the studio's mediocre b-movies so you remember back in the CAG days, back in the CAG episode, we talked about block booking. Mm -hmm. And block booking was when the mm -hmm. studio wouldn't sell you the big thing unless you bought all the small stuff as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. He was block booking with the Three Stooges, and that sort of goes to show how bone they were getting with this 50 mm -hmm. grand each contract. Mm -hmm. You know, and I say 50 grand each, that's the inflation mm -hmm. number. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, back yeah. in the day it was seven thousand yeah. uh, dollars that they split amongst themselves. It was yeah, they were rubbing together mm -hmm. two bit nickels. <laughs> uh meanwhile, like this dude is literally using them as leverage to sell other movies. Yeah. If you want the three stooges in your theater, you gotta buy this other shit. Yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. And that's how big they were. Um 
hey, it always comes back to the CAG, doesn't yeah. it? Always comes back to the CAG. <laughs> <laughs> but for some reason, these guys didn't see this. Like, they're, I don't know, the Three Stooges, it was very weird. I, either... Were they just kind of dumb guys? They they might have been kind of dumb guys. They might have been pressured by someone. Uh, Cohen was known to be a pretty fucking like vicious mm. dude. He pulled like a Netflix on them. He mm. wouldn't show them their numbers. He wouldn't tell them how popular they were. Mm. He kind of kept them in the dark mm. about who they were. Yeah. So I, that I see. Yeah. yeah. There's no there's no Twitter. You can't see if you're trending it. No. Exactly. There's no way. There's no way. No way know how many followers he has. <laughs> exactly. They remained <laughs> unaware of their popularity. So much so. During 23 years at Columbia Pictures, the Stooges never knew they were a hit. The wow. whole time they were what? the Three Stooges, they apparently did not know they were the That's Three Stooges. That's insane. I mean, they'd go outside, right? Yeah, like, I know, exactly, I know LA man. is kind of a weird city, but like, if everywhere you go, people are like, are you yeah, the Stooges? Yeah, the Stooges. Like, you'd think you'd kind of catch on. They're like, hey, man, I'm a big deal. Something funky, man. Something funky mm-hmm. was going on. Did, uh, were they a fan of like heroin? Like, were they just like sedated? Well, one of them did get very drunk later on, but mm-hmm. I don't know. You know, back then, heroin was a little different. It was like your morning pill that you took was full of heroin you know so they were probably taking like vitamin a laced with like morphine or some shit and just didn't quite know what was going on around them but their contracts with the saw up on the reefer i mean cause, <laughs> the reefer. a lot of their uh, it wouldn't surprise me if they were like addicted to like pain medication of some kind because all their stuff involves them getting hurt yeah that's <laughs> true too so that's like, very true too like constant- it's not the devil's lettuce it's the devil's broccoli <laughs> <laughs> they're like those nfl players that are all yeah. doped up yeah, yeah, yeah. just like, like sent back out on the field like unpopular dance monkey dance like, I don't know, man. I, I think we're a big deal. I don't know. I think we might be a big deal, man. I think deal, we might man. be a big deal, dude. <laughs> just keep giving us these pills for free. They wouldn't do that to just anybody. <laughs> but every year, uh, their contract would go up. And, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, normally what you would do is fucking renegotiate. Mm-hmm. But every year, Cohen would tell them, the market for comedy shorts is dying out, fellas. <laughs> for 23 straight years. 23 straight years. He would do a thing. We're barely hanging on. We're barely hanging on. Meanwhile, his like house keeps growing, <laughs> and he keeps getting new cars. He's like the Trocadero staff. You know? <laughs> no one knows how they got rich. <laughs> but, uh, but every year, he would do this thing. He would wait like until the last minute to renew their contract and act like it might not get renewed. Like, oh. hold, hold on, boys. Like, stay by the phone. I'm gonna see what the I can do. Funniest part for you. is they like just never went anywhere else. <laughs> anyway, like, yeah, it's no. like, let's just have a conversation with somebody else. <laughs> yeah. from some other can we like ask accounting about this? He's like, I got you. Don't worry. Or like, let's take, take a meeting of another studio. Like, yeah. for sure. Like, yeah. hey, Warner Brothers, uh, Columbia keeps telling us that uh, I don't know if they're gonna renew our contract. What's more <laughs> shocking yeah. is that somebody else didn't come and poach them. I know. Like, because, like, that is a prime target for poaching. Um, to be like, oh, you're getting fucked. Here's why you're getting fucked. Blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. I mean, if you think about it, like, I talk about, like, CAG at the time, like, you look at this $600 a week, you know, salary for these guys. CAG at Warner Brothers at this exact same time had just signed his $3,000 a week for him mm-hmm. deal, yeah. you know? And that was, uh, through the old inflation calculator, that's $65,000 a week, about $3 million a year. Uh, not saying the Stooges were anywhere near a CAG, but, like, those were the types of deals that were being made at the time, you know? Yeah, like it wasn't unheard of. Exactly, yeah. And, uh, you know, 12 grand a week is great money. You're making, like, half a million a year. But yeah, they were huge. They could have been making millions. Yeah. To be the Stooges? To be the Stooges. We're the face of comedy. <laughs> it was not until after... Oh, so, yeah, 23 years, they never... They never... Their contract stayed the same. 23 wow. years. $600 a week. For 23 so years. So they were just for inflation or nothing? They nope. were just idiots. They yeah. were just idiots. They were literal, they were actual three stooges, for sure. <laughs> I don't know, man. Something's weird about it. I Never don't know. go full stooge. Never go full, full stooge. stooge. <laughs> uh, it wasn't until they stopped making the shorts in December 1957, 57, <laughs> that Mo learned of Cohen's tactics. By the way, like you said, like, like you said, like inflation has happened by now. Like you're making six hundred dollars a week. Can you imagine? Arguably the best part of American consumer growth in the, in the history of yes. the world yes. is like we went from the Great Depression to yes. nineteen. 19- 
fifties where everybody has a TV, everybody has a fucking car and a you house. The same amount. But... Can you imagine if I? Can you imagine if you had a job that you got in like nineteen ninety five and you were still making the same thing that you made in ninety five? You're like, well, I don't know. Imagine, yeah, you I'm were working like bussing tables in nineteen ninety five. You're making three twenty five an hour, an hour. Yeah, and you're still making it in twenty twenty two. <laughs> they were like, I don't know, man. We just don't ask any questions, you know. <laughs> we just take our six hundred bucks a week and go I with it. I take my six hundred dollars, my plate of heroin, <laughs> and I shut the fuck up. <laughs> Might have had something on them. Might have had some leverage of some. That's kind. what I'm thinking. Somebody had a gun to these guys' some, heads. Somebody raped somebody. Yeah, and really yeah. wanted to not be yeah. talking about. Yeah, yeah. The, old, old, uh, the fixer came to the Three Stooges and was like, "You sure you want to renegotiate that contract?" <laughs> I don't know how that private detective just took pictures of you while you're having sex with that woman. <laughs> At the Trocadero. How did he know you were here? <laughs> so, from 1934 to 1959, the Three Stooges made 190 short comedy films for Columbia for 600 bucks a week. Uh <laughs> Columbia offered theater owners an entire program of two real comedies, 15 to 25 titles annually, featuring such stars as fucking Buster Keaton, Andy Clyde, Charlie Case, Hugh Herbert, all these huge names, but the Stooge shorts were the most popular of all of they them. They must not have gone to the parties. Yeah, they... Like, if you're around all the other talent, right. you talk shop. Right, you like, don't, Buster yeah. Keaton comes up to you and is like, holy shit, you're the fucking Three Stooges. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, they must not have. I don't know. And, and like, again, like, no one from the other studio was like, so how much are they paying you over there at Columbia? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, because Cohen was nearby. He's, like, with a gun. <laughs> <laughs> Albert Broccoli's just hanging out nearby with a gun. Like, don't ask them how much they make. Maybe, dude, I wonder if they went to him beforehand and was like, if we make, uh, what was the dude's name? Uh, the guy who got killed? Oh, uh, Ted Healy. If we make Healy not your oh. problem anymore... You're gonna not ask yeah. us any questions either. Yeah, like we'll we'll get him off your back, but oh, then you're just gonna shit. play ball for 23 years. They got in deep, man. Yeah. They were like, they actually killed that motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> and if it ever, if you ever decide to leave, the police might magically find some evidence yes. linking you to killing Healy. Holy shit! Any- That's what happened. Yeah, they're like anyone can die of a natural cause. Remember that. That's what happened. <laughs> that is what happened because they yes. they were probably terrified because. They had yeah. so much pull and leverage with yeah. the cops and everybody yeah. else. Yep. They were like, what can we do? What yeah. can we do? They, they, they want out of Healy so bad, they're like, yeah, we'll just they probably Sign like, deal with the devil. And they did that thing where they were like, sure wish somebody would take care of this guy for us. And the guy, the Mannix at Columbia was like, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, all right. Well, you said he was just yeah. going to go away. We thought maybe to like yeah. uh, Guatemala or something. <laughs> nope. <laughs> like, no, 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 no. <coughs> He is swimming with a different type of fish, is my friend. That would make so much sense. Mm. Ted Healy was putting so much pressure on them, fucking threatening to bomb their shows. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, man. Like, we'll do anything to make this motherfucker go away. You gotta get rid of him. And then as soon as he goes away, Columbia's like, 600 bucks a week, boys. Here's what you get. For 23 years. (laughs) And it's just comfortable enough, too. Yeah. uh Like, that's just enough to where, like, you don't really complain. Yeah, yeah, You know, you're making good money. What you got to bitch about. Yeah. If I'm making 12 grand a week, yeah, Ted Healy, you know, fuck it. He's gone. <laughs> Damn. So, you know, we talk about the Three Stooges, all the different iterations. Uh, I'm going to get into a little bit more, but, like, there were really, there were six Stooges. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were two main ones, and, like, the third Stooge throughout the years would change, yeah. you know, due to fucking this time period. People yeah. dying and, you know, it's- drinking and... You know, we'll get into slot it. Slot them out. The third slot is whoever, whoever's around. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Whenever this guy, you know, we're gonna a lot of uh, strokes. A lot of strokes. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. A lot of a lot of having a stroke for the huh. Stooges. I don't. That third guy didn't want to play ball of Columbia. So they, they... <laughs> they stroked him. <laughs> he, he was a reminder to the other two what happens when you go back on your Columbia deal. You get a stroke. Like, what are those hand marks around your throat? Oh no, he had a stroke. <laughs> 
This is all getting weirder and weirder. You know what? When I wrote this today, I didn't really realize how fucking weird this all was. All right? This is like, their contract stayed the same for 23 years, and then they all had a stroke. It's like this. And before, but right after their manager got beaten to death by the guy who invented broccoli, you know, who became very successful. Like, not, it, that story didn't end with like, then he went to prison. It ended with he created James Bond, you know? Like, this is all getting weirder and weirder. Maybe we're talking about even deeper stuff than I knew about here today. Dude, who knows the Stooges episode would be <laughs> yeah. so full of conspiracy. Yes, man. The Three Stooges were a very, like, shrouded <laughs> mystery here. No wonder. And it was funny, too, because I wasn't even really that interested in the Three Stooges before. I was like, I don't know. There, was, yeah. there wasn't much darkness around that. <laughs> Turns out there was. You it know, this is a fucking a cabal. Lot, there was a whole lot of mysterious murder around <laughs> the Three Stooges. <laughs> Okay, so this is going to be another three-parter, um, unintentionally so. We recorded what was supposed to be Three Stooges Part 2, and then it was a two-hour episode. So, uh, another unplanned uh, ending. Uh, I'm going to use the ending that we actually recorded, uh, so you're going to hear it twice. Uh, but thank you for listening to Part 2. I know it was very Ted Healy-focused and uh, a little bit of overlap of Part 1, but I think that the added context is, is fascinating and uh, set up a little bit of the Stooges career how how that really got going and then we're really going to get into you know uh, their time under that uh, predatory contract and stuff and types of stuff they were doing how the Three Stooges uh, was kind of a revolving cast at one point the mysterious circumstances uh, that some of them uh we're susceptible to, so it's it's very interesting. Uh, part three will not disappoint, but until then, thank you so much. And now, the outro that you're gonna hear twice. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Drake Cummings, on Twitter at Drake underscore Cummings, on TikTok at Hollywood Drake, Skits with Drake, and Drake L Cummings. So I am full in on content this year. Nice. I have been producing at least. Uh, one piece of content for each of those three TikTok accounts, and then the best of whatever it comes out of those three gets posted on Instagram, YouTube, and Snapchat, and whatever everywhere else on the internet that you can find me, find my name by typing it in. Uh, it's 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 been great. Uh, I'm really proud of the uh, the reels on Instagram reels, especially. Uh, those are mostly the skits for my skit account. Yeah. Uh, speaking of, uh, we were talking earlier about like. Um, producing good work under pressure uh, I haven't had a whole lot of time to like pre-record a lot of these so a lot of them I've had to just like I, I have an hour for my lunch break I need to write and shoot a script and, sh and edit it and get this posted like during my lunch break so it's been a lot of like rapid creative prototyping and stuff and it's uh, like nice. some good stuff has come out of it I like well come out of my lunch break I'm like I can't believe I did this in an hour this, yeah. is, this is decent so let's check that out Hell yeah. Um, yeah, the Hollywood Drake one's gonna. I, I might retitle these, um, but because uh, you can change your name on TikTok. But uh, Hollywood Drake is video game specific content. It's gonna be hyper focused, niche down video games. It's the one I have the biggest following on because it's the main one I've been doing. Skits of Drake is just gonna be where you get your yucks. Uh, and then uh, Drake L. Cummings is just gonna be more of like a traditional influencer page. Vlogs. I'll learn how to dance at some point, so nice. I'll get on those TikTok dances. Um, Got to. Uh, uh, thirst traps. Once I get my abs, you know Fuck what I mean. Yeah, like yeah. so, if you if you want vlogging, thirst trapping abs, you know, follow me there. All right. And, uh, I'll definitely follow you there. Then. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see those abs. Yeah. Them? <laughs> Where can they find your abs? I, beneath my layer of fat. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Instagram Sailor underscore Dev, Twitter Avercadaver Dev, and yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, you can find me at James Wyatt Scott, Jimmy Deloy, depending on where you're looking for us. You can find us at Film History, the History of Film, or FHHF Podcast. What's up? Dave? Oh, I wanted to give a shout out real quick. Uh, everyone, if you got an interest, you should uh, check out the Astral Plane Drifter and go follow us oh, on. Yeah. IG and all the social medias. It is a film that Abracadabra Films is producing. We're shooting in Joshua Tree in February, so follow along on the journey. It is a 1970s themed Western sci fi kung fu comedy. I love that. The style of Cheech and Chong meets Barbarella. Wow. It. It's really great. Barbarella, man. We got to do that episode one day. Oh, yeah. I got to watch Mainly that. Mainly just yeah. so you watch the movie. Okay. 
I mean, I don't watch any of these, yeah. but I will for this one. Barbarella yeah. will make you trip balls and horny all at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's yeah. awesome, though, man. I cannot wait. I, I can't forgot wait to, to plug that. So, yeah. I can't wait to come visit Seth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it'll be fun. We'll uh, probably have stuff to do if you guys want to be like a space vampire or a lizard yeah. person or something. Cameos. I always yeah. wanted to be a space vampire. Yeah. So. We got Chad Coltrane is in it. He's uh, been Walking Dead and a bunch of stuff. Um, nice. One of the uh, original creators of Aqua Teen is a co-producer. Sweet. Uh, we get some some cool talent nice. attached. Hell yeah. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. So. I, wish, I wish I could have gotten an audition. It's <laughs> <Yeah>, cool. <laughs> <laughs> we cool, can't man. afford you. It's oh, too gotcha. low budget. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> I see. Yeah. Film history road trip to Joshua Tree. <laughs> that we should uh, do. We'll be, be out cool. there for three weeks. That is something I'd like to do in the new year. I would love for us to uh, take the show on the road. Uh, not to do anything. Just like I'd like... We rent a cab up in Big Bear and we drink a bunch and then we record an episode. You know, yeah. we, we should go to Joshua do? Tree and we drink a bunch and then we record an episode. We'll Maybe yeah. we'll wanna, I'll look at the schedule, but you guys can come up and we'll do an episode with Mike, who's the writer and creator of the movie, because Mike has been a stuntman in Hollywood for like 30 years. Oh, oh nice. cool. He's been in everything you can imagine oh, and cool. he's got so much crazy stories. And he actually he had like an injury, like a shoulder injury or something that prevented him from uh, working and while he was recovering he wrote this script Whoa. Nice. so cool. it's like really cool, cool to see like yeah. oh the culmination of a lot of these yeah. jokes and bits and like kind of stage combat-y action-y yeah. kind of stuff from yeah. side in the back of his head for years be put all into this it was, it was really great so Dude. everybody should check it out I can't wait man yeah. fuck cool. yeah let's fuck film yeah. this shit hell, hell yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you can find us all over the place that I was talking about. I don't know, man. Google me. Uh, you can also find me drinking after the live show. Because we know what we did, boys. We know what we fucking did. Had a stroke. Had a stroke on film history. The history of film. You know what I'm talking about.